Well, welcome everyone to the AXPX Podcast. I am your host, Sean DeRager, and with me today, Joey Avalos is back. Hey, Sean, how you doing, man? <laughs> Good. After I kicked him to the curb as co-host, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, you know, I think uh, the way the show is going, at least this season, with my schedule and stuff, um, and the way interviews have been kind of popping up, it's just been easier for me to kind of just grab an interview and do it and, and move on. But I think, Joey, I, f- I feel like you're still kind of the silent co-host. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm always, <laughs> so I'm always like, what's, I wonder what Joey's going to think about this interview or, you know, so... I'm there for you, know. man. Anytime you need. So well, you'll be. We'll have you on more. And I, you know, I think when when interviews work out and you're available, and and if it's something, you know, I you can be there for. We'll definitely do that. But anyway, cool. so I I last episode I was trying to get a director onto the show, but uh, he's been busy editing his movie, his newest movie, and when he's not doing all the movie stuff, he's been spending a lot of time with his family. So I haven't really been kind of pushing, you know, the whole interview thing and. And everything so so we'll try that uh, another time but I've been wanting to get Joey back on the show too just to kind of him and I haven't really uh, talked a whole lot about where we're at uh, in our as far as our you know uh, our, our our journey in in whatever you know because we're, we're both we both hate labels so <laughs> so it's like uh where are you at man uh, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> so i thought it would be good for for us to kind of sit down and chat about you know where 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 we've gone since the last time time we talked you know for the podcast so um so joey what 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 have you been doing man since uh since we last you know sat down for a podcast well, besides what I do uh, daily, I manage bands, a couple artists here and there, and um, still continue trying to write. Uh, I got into trying to write a young adult novel, novels. Been working on a couple different things right now, and um, but more on the philosophical side of things, you know, just continue reading. Um, really studying a lot of uh, historical. Uh, early Christianity, uh, first century Judaism, and stuff like that. It's been really, it's always been a passion of mine for the last like three and a half years, I think now. I've kind of dedicated a couple hours a day to kind of researching, reading uh, different scholars, um, and learning a little bit more about uh, kind of the faith I was brought up into, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, you know, continue doing what. What I've always been doing, man, you know, I still have a passion for it. I still feel, feel like I'm not just, uh, I'm not exhausted yet. You know, I know I have a couple friends that are kind of, kind of do the same thing and are kind of giving up on it because there's like, it's just feels like a dead end. But to me, it's, I learn a little bit more about myself. I learn a little bit more about people around me, you know, um, and it helps me, you know, for me, it, it helps me kind of see the world through different eyes, you know, yeah. through everyone's different eyes, you know, everyone's subjective ways of what they believe, why they believe certain things. And it helps me to reevaluate those same things. Yeah. Know? And I've, I've always been the same way too. I just, my time, I haven't been able to dive in as much as, as I was. And I think for me with, with my schedule and everything, I was just getting burnt out on the, 
on the study, you know what I mean, studying up on everything, yeah. um, reading the Bart Ehrman books and stuff like that. So I haven't even hardly been um, like reading or anything, mm-hmm. you know. But um, so my my biggest my thing is I've like I said in kind of the first podcast this year was I was kind of at a point where I was getting very just kind of cynical and, and I wasn't mm-hmm. a very positive person to be around. I had a lot of other issues going on where I wasn't feeling happy, like, you know, health wise and stuff like that. And, and so I was just not fun to be around. And I felt the show was kind of like me looking into all this and my cynicism, my kind of natural skepticism and cynicism was kind of not healthy, you know? And so it was good for me to take a break from recording the podcast and kind of centering myself and, getting healthier and and I've lost I think 25 pounds lost five more pounds since I talked to Mike Wittig <laughs> that's awesome man but uh just getting being healthier and more so I think now I'm actually finally at a place where I can actually kind of jump in and do more studying because I feel like my brain you know, I'm, as far as my brain activity goes I think I'll be, be able to be more focused but um but I'm enjoying kind of not being so so cynical and and everything do you do you find yourself being a little less less cynical lately or what's been kind of your journey to that or are you or are you still very much uh, well i don't i don't know maybe it's a denial i never really pictured myself as cynical yeah. i guess more that i think i think in anything when you i'm not i don't know if it's the question is the right way to f- phrase it but when you start learning certain things like it's kind of for example you know like in grade school you're taught that christopher columbus is this like almost like this great man you mm-hmm. know discovered america and all this stuff and then you go to you know later on you learn more about history and you get into even college history and you learn that he's basically this bastard that rapes people <laughs> and did all this crazy stuff and you're like why did we have a holiday for this guy you yeah. know so you learn a little bit more about historical references like that and i think what um what you call cynicism i think is more of the the um psychological damage it might have done maybe like oh my gosh like you feel like people lied to you or feel like people were were telling you something that wasn't true right so i think we get really defensive that stuff it's almost like how could you do this to me you know how (laughs) could you you know and then you almost in a way you reflect it out of still trying to work it out what does it mean to you now like i think a lot of like when people get really defensive or cynical sometimes it's sometimes it's because they're still dealing with the issues themselves you know yeah. and i think that's what a lot with me i you know and i think with you too like you say it was unhealthy to the point but it's also healthy too because i think it's part of the process of maybe some things that have hurt you in the past yeah or you know to be able to recover from that you know well yeah well i think I think part of it was I was like like on Facebook when everyone and whenever Facebook or whatever like if anyone would bring anything up in regards to like religion or whatever like that I would always be like oh god you know right <laughs> and right. have something to say about it and just kind of be a, you know a little bit of a jerk and kind of calling some people out you know and it was just not healthy you know way to approach things and mm. and I know there was a there's there's one guy I want to get him on the show and. Uh, but it was I I posted something on his Facebook. He posted some 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 comment or some uh, I forget what it was. But I, of course, I put a little like nudge in in the comments, <laughs> and he messaged me back. Hey man, I deleted your post. I'm sorry. Uh, just you know. 
<laughs> I just didn't want that negativity on my uh, on my thing. You know, I'm like, I, you know, it's your post. You can do whatever you want. You know, I'm not exactly. But it was just kind of that uh, of me. Whenever I would see someone posting something like that, you know, whether or not I thought it was an ignorant post or whatever, whoever, I. I would, I was, I mean, you know, I would just kind of bring it down. I was just the, just being, it was just kind of a jerk move on my part. And in my part, I'm like, well, I'm just trying to educate you and make you think, you know, but the time and place, it wasn't good, you know? So I've kind of distanced myself from, from being that, that kind of person. Even when, you know, my wife wants to go to church and that's important to her. So I don't want to, you know, bring her, bring her down and, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go respectfully and, and in in the past, I would go and I would every time the the pastor would say something, I would, you know I have my little checklist of oh I don't agree with that oh I don't agree with that you know, and I still do that in a sense, but I'm just I think less vocal about it, you right. know, kind of save it for you know save it for the podcast or save it <laughs> save it for something that where it, it makes sense where people actually want to hear these thoughts as opposed <laughs> to me just. You know, driving home from church, just kind of ranting about what I didn't like about what the the pastor said or whatever. You know, I, so yeah, I hear you, man. It's it's tough though, man. I think because we all we all want to be right, and if we feel like we have quote unquote a right view, we want other people to if they we see other people doing something wrong. It's 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 you know it's that whole balance of trying to be able to like you said to not you you want to tell someone like this is the truth this is the truth it's almost like you evangelize a different way yeah. you know like a counter evangelize to these people that maybe come at you and you're like man I, I don't believe anything they're saying right now i think they've taken something out of context or whatever it could be yeah. you know um yeah it's always going to be a battle man i think that's just our our human reaction you know yeah we we tribalize everything and we always want to be right and we don't want to hold views that are wrong. And if we feel like other people are, and especially when you got politics, religion, anything, those things, what people are really passionate about, it's hard not to like, you know, sit back and bite your tongue because <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, because some of the stuff I think a lot of the times too, you know, um, we're not we're not completely. A, it feels like people feel attacked. Like you know, you you might put a comment on someone's Facebook page, you know, disagreeing with what they're saying. To them, they just feel like, "Why wow, you are attacking me? Yeah. You're hitting them at the core personal beliefs." These people believe in. Some people will even die for these beliefs. So if you come at them, they feel like they're being persecuted. You know, right. and that's kind of again, it's just trying to find out how can we bridge that gap into a conversation, kind of like your podcast. You know, like having these conversations. My the best platform than just you know, like you said going in there commando style and just like <laughs> jet punch and then run kind of thing or you can't really really have a really i don't know facebook's a great platform to have a, a healthy discussion because i no. think you know we're always hiding behind the computer you yeah. know so yeah and it's funny because it's been hard for me to even try to get some sort of thing like face-to-face you know meeting up with people to talk about this stuff it seems like nobody really wants to i don't know come out and even talk about this stuff you know what i mean right because i tried doing that like skeptic meetup and that just bombed that just just didn't go anywhere um yeah. but nobody I mean, I think part of it was a name nobody wanted to be associated with the word you know that word skeptic or whatever and, and um mm. so that kind of bombed and then i even met for beers with uh with a gentleman that was kind of a, this pastor friend of my wife's uh, inter- said, hey, you should talk to this guy. This guy sounds like he's a pretty open-minded person. And I said I had a beer with him, and and 
you know, he had, you know, trying to try starting up some sort of group like that, but he was very, um, very nice guy, and we had a great conversation, but it was very, like, he was very into, like, apologetics, mm-hmm. you know, so anything I mean, I would interject kind of my thought, he would say, well, hey, think about it this way, and it was all just the classic apologetic, you know, steering of the conversation. If you do right. any sort of studying in apologetics or anything like that, it was very, you know, it was very much all those those tactics and tactics. And, and I asked him, well, did you ever doubt? Did you ever have, you know, any journey of discovery? And he had never doubted at all. You know, he had never mm-hmm. gone through anything. So I was like, ah, oh, man, this, you know, so you have your beliefs. I have, I have my journey I'm going through, but we couldn't connect in the middle even, you know, even at a, at a pub thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's 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 very important. You say that because, man, there are going to be some people out there that seriously will never doubt, never do anything. But we're not all the same people, you know. I mean, to say that we're all going to look at the same evidence, say look at the same situation. I mean, there's so much that goes involved, gets involved of who we are as people, our personalities, where we grew up, where, what part of the country. I mean, especially in the U.S., man, you know, um, if I was born in Alabama, per se, I might have a completely different worldview than I do when I live in Arizona, yeah. you know, or I live in New York. You know, there's, I mean, that has a lot to do with your cultural upbringing and how you, who the, who you're surrounded with, you know, and, and what kind of ideas are coming at you at an early age. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, man, because I, you know, I I find it now, it's not really being a skeptic about certain things. It's about trying to understand people and how can we get along. And I know it sounds pretty hippie-ish kind of stuff, but I don't, I don't, I, I see both sides of it. You know, I have some strong evangelical friends mm-hmm. that are like, when I see them post on stuff, in a sense, they're trying to defend their faith. But to me, it, it to me, it would, it kind of wants me to separate from them. You know, because it it's too harsh. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't fit my palate yeah. of how I am, my personality. You know, like something like, oh yeah, you got. It's almost like calling everyone's calling each other an idiot. You know, you got atheists or agnostics or whoever you know, skeptics saying you're idiots, and then you got these. No, you're idiots. I can't believe you can't believe in this God and this way and this way. It's like, oh my gosh, and that's. I think that's where I get kind of exhausted because yeah. I don't. I don't. At the end of the day, we're all human. And I wish we could meet at a at what we can agree on, and how can we get along better that way, um, and find healthy ways to have conversations instead of just kind of rehashing the same old arguments. And yeah. I think you know, I think that gets exhausting. Well, kind of, it just goes. The conversations just go, just go round and round. You know, yeah. nothing seems to get resolved, even. With uh, so there there was a a recent there was a debate right between yeah. uh, Ken Ham. And who who else was that? Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and of course, I I want to catch up with it, but man, oh man, Facebook and Twitter were just, you know, kind of turned me off from it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Just the debate going back and forth on both social media platforms. I totally just, and it was, and this was something that I would have never done, probably you know, six months ago, even or a year ago, I would have been all about that and complaining back and forth. You know what I mean? Just kind of right. Um. But the fact that I didn't even want to just kind of go there as it was happening and not even comment on it was a huge deal. So did you watch that debate or? Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, I did. Um, uh, (laughs) You know, that's – 
I hear both sides of it. You know, I know some people who are saying, why, why are you debating? Why is Bill Nye, the science guy, debating Ken Ham? You know, uh, it gives credibility to his his worldview, his ideology, his theology, actually, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vice versa, you know, some people are like, why is Bill Nye, he's not a science guy, he's a TV personality guy. So yeah. almost like the whole thing feels like a joke, you know. <laughs> so I hear all different sides of it. I watched it. It wasn't anything new to me because, um, you know, the young Earth creationists and the Creation Museum and all that stuff um, – I, I'm aware of it, you know, and I am aware of Ken Ham's um, theology and how he interprets the Bible and stuff. Um, do I agree with it? No, you know, and I, I think that kind of faith is something that I had to re because I didn't completely believe like Ken Ham did, I think, uh-huh. in early ways. But I, when I started to really to really look historically about the text of the Bible, look at early what the earliest Christians really believed and how it wasn't really uniform. Like, it's not like out of birth, like Jesus died, rose from the dead, and out poof, Christianity, Orthodox Christianity was perfect. You know, it's taken centuries for the church to actually find what is or, define what is Orthodox. Mm-hmm. You know, and even to this day, I, there's still people that are going to disagree on what certain things are Orthodox. You know, orthodoxy and not. Um, and of course, orthodoxy just means the right belief. Of course, everyone thinks they're orthodox. No one ever says they have the wrong belief. Yeah. You know, so it's really it comes into that situation. You know, um, taking certain parts of the Bible literally, or not understanding what the literature or what kind of like the books of the Bible were actually meant to say or yeah. why they were written in certain ways. I think it could be really unhealthy. And when I reevaluate and learn more historical, how historians go about to construct the past, since we can't have access to the past, we can't reconstruct the past. We only can construct it with using certain kind of tools that historians use to be able to do that. See what what probably happened in certain issues and stuff. But looking at the literal stuff, I think that kind of faith is is actually dangerous, and not in the same like it's gonna hurt people or do something like you know and that level but more of like it's it's more of a slippery slope it's mm-hmm. kind of it feels like fingers in your ears and anything that goes against this thing is it's automatically wrong discredited or you're gonna have to find some kind of way to make it work in your worldview instead of kind of be open um open to new evidence evidence being open to hearing different sides of it and and then making that be your own choice. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you still want to believe in that way, you know, who am I to say? You know, yeah. again, that's what makes us all different. To me, I couldn't hold a belief the way that Ken Ham sees the Bible. It's right. not physically. My mind does not work that way. I can't program it to do that because that's not who I am. There's certain people that are like that, and they see the world through his eyes. Um, through Ken Ham's eyes, and I always say it's Ken Ham's eyes because, let's face it, I mean he's kind of the leader there, and a lot of people what they tend to do is kind of follow a certain ideology from whoever is the authority figure. We all do it. I mean on different levels. If it's not religion, we do it through a certain science thing. If what people say in science, you know, like, oh, you yeah. have like someone there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was um to the so the the debate was nothing you would be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say don't spend your time watching it. Well, it it doesn't really get anywhere, you know. 
Well, I think what's interesting and what at least it did was it seemed to get this, whether or not people were kind of annoyed with the subject or whatever, it, it got the conversation out even more, I think, in the mainstream. Uh-huh. You know, because this was a pretty high, pretty high level, you know, debate. So I was just surprised to see the amount of people at least commenting on it that normally I would never have ever seen. You know, we're talking social media here that would normally would never ever really comment on stuff like this. So it kind of it it was a very high profile kind of debate, which we, yeah, we you don't know, see yeah. that, that much of. No, you're right, man. You know, it's actually it's always these certain things always surprise me because everyday life like with my certain my friends like we don't ever talk about this kind of stuff yeah but when this stuff happens and you realize like oh my goodness there's some of my friends that actually believe what ken ham believes but it never (laughs) comes up in our conversations we that's what i'm trying to talk about like yeah we can still be civil and do all this stuff but at the end of the day i you know i just don't see eye to eye with certain people um but you know it's funny i think you might have seen this too going around the internet but of all people you know pat robertson is is was calling out ken ham in a sense saying you know you're making us look like a joke (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know everyone started you know trolling on that too because yeah yeah fat robertson calling someone a joke about certain beliefs you know holding certain things yeah was quite ironic Let's take a quick musical break here, and then we'll come back and, you know, just kind of shoot the shit some more. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> with, good, man. With Joey Avalos. Uh, the, the band I'm uh, playing today, they're called Shearwater, and it's uh, it's basically a cover album, and it's out on Sub Pop Records right now. This band did a bunch of covers. The song I'm going to play is a cover of a Coldplay song. Uh, so this is Shearwater with Hurts Like Heaven. You're listening to the AXPX Podcast.
Well, that was Shearwater with their cover of the Coldplay song, Hurts Like Heaven. Uh, you're listening to the AXPX Podcast. It's just me and Joey kind of uh, just, you know, chatting it up a little bit. So hope everyone's all right with that. We haven't uh, had a chance to talk this year yet. So, um, so Joey, what out of all the things you've been reading, what, what, what's the, what have you been reading lately that's that you're kind of working your way through? Well, actually, I, you know, I'm... I'm kind of listening to all different sizes, sides of the situation. You know, I listen to a lot of um, Christian historians and stuff. And what I what I find in a lot of situations is trying to trying to again. I'm not an expert in things, but be able to um, pull out what is what is history and what is theology. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they get kind of mished mished together mashed up you know and um it's sometimes you're 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 hearing you know a christian historian saying something and what i mean by christian historian is that it's someone that is a devout christian there's not like a class you go become a christian historian but someone that you know can defines himself as a christian um and it's really hard sometimes to understand what is just their theology and what is just again it's um presupposing certain things to fit the worldview, you know, so they'll take certain certain evidence and throw it back into their worldview to come out with it. So if you're doing kind of a, more of like a like I've been really studying on the more of the historical Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, what can we really say about the historical uh, Jesus and how you know you got Dominic Crossan thinks he was a cynic philosopher, mm-hmm. but if you 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 see that, but if you really take in the concept of what 
Dom Crossan really believes in stuff, he's all about social justice and about, you know, um, it fits his worldview of his, his theology, you know? Yeah. You start seeing people depict, like, put Jesus into their worldview and how they see it. Um, you know, I think, you know, that's what has changed a lot to me is, like, historically, like, how you can, you can still be a Christian and still look at things historically that might look like they go against, you know, what you've been taught through traditions but again i think what you do is is a lot of christians that are able to keep them separate is because they do understand it's their their belief in jesus is faith you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a miracle that they actually god has given the the ability to faith and one of the person i think i've been really um i admired a lot and i know you've taken a couple of his classes or his I think his Yale courses is, mm-hmm. is Dale is Del Martin. Yeah. You know? He's the professing Christian, but he also I would agree with him on almost every aspect of historical method. And I honestly most evangelical Christians that I know would think it's blasphemy, <laughs> you know, certain the things, you know, yeah. that like you can say that Jesus is this and that that. But then on the other separate thing through his faith, you know, he he still believes in what the church has taught through tradition. Um, through the years and everything, to be able to not just say that my faith is built on a book, and mm-hmm. I think that's actually a modern, it's a modern view, a more modern view than most people realize. That people, it seems like people have gotten rid of a believing in Jesus, you know, in in Jesus or in God. They have more belief in the Bible, you know, and I see that a lot. You know that they're they're more worshiping a book than actually God themselves. Yeah. Has, has there been anything that kind of stood out in what you've been uh, reading this past few months here that, that yeah. shocked you or surprised you? Like no, what's, it's – yeah, it's – actually there's a new book you know, um, from Bart Ehrman's that's coming out, um, How Jesus Became God. It's oh, okay. kind of coming out here in, I think in April pretty soon. Um, but he's been kind of blogging about some stuff, kind of gives some insights about certain things in the book that – gives you a different perspective on how to read the Bible in, in a certain light of Paul's understanding who Christ was. Mm-hmm. And I think the the craziest thing that I've ever thing I never thought about it. And there's, again, I don't have all the, if you join his blog, you'd be able to read the more of the, uh, what's it called? The, the research behind what I'm paraphrasing right now, right, right. but the belief in Paul, Paul's belief in, you know, Jesus as being, um, as being God, um, almost like came as an and he was a pre-existing angel, and that he actually came into the world and became human. So Jesus was a pre-existing angel, hmm. and that's that's the new kind of whole thing. So when you read Paul's in the light of that understanding, who Jesus was, pre-existing Jesus was then you could read the text completely different and it opens your eyes to maybe make sense of some of the texts that were kind of confusing beforehand. And he has, of course, he has his reasons and his argument for it, mm-hmm. um, which in certain, you know, he's a textual critic. So he's he's reading the, the words in Greek and stuff and Paul's letters and stuff and certain words and what they meant and how he uses the certain words and how he uses it in other ways and comparing them. Like when he's talking about angels – He's actually talking – is talking about Jesus as an angel, you know. So it's quite interesting. I Again, I, I'm kind of curious to read more about that and hear the discussion between scholars about 
Paul's understanding of Jesus because I think that could change a lot of people's views on well uh, who knows man it probably <laughs> maybe changed no one's views if they're like you said if they have their ear their fingers in their ears and they don't like this kind of stuff then yeah so be it but to me I find it interesting well that that's pretty fascinating because I mean the church I mean most of Christianity I think is kind of built off of Paul you know mm-hmm. and yeah. almost more so Paul than than Jesus in a sense you know Jesus is the the figure you know but uh most modern evangelical churches based solely around pretty much around mostly the 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 books of Paul you know or right. attributed to Paul mm-hmm. so i always found that fascinating that that christianity you know is based off of pretty much just one one guy's viewpoint you know well if you take that in in consideration i mean it's a pretty um i don't know to me it's very I won't use the word convincing, but it's a it's a great story. I mean, think about it. Paul, this guy that's persecuting Christians, so he mm-hmm. says, you yeah. know, and he comes out of nowhere, has this divine encounter, whatever that was, he had some encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Okay. So this changes his whole life into, you know, spreading the gospel to Gentiles. I mean, that alone is like, you know, that's a, definitely a poster child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, you know, that's definitely gonna fill seats if that was a movie, you know, um, because it is convict, you know, it can convict people into seeing like, okay, well, you know, he knew the earliest disciples, you know, he knew he had this stuff, this correlation, he had this experience and he, he says that he, you know, he collaborated, didn't collaborate him on the information, but you know, that they had the same kind of similar experiences, what those experiences are, you know, um, is still up in the air. You know, we can all assume what, what did Paul actually what was the vision actually like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of stuff too with Christianity too, is that what we have, a, a what I always had a tough time too, is what I've come to realize lately. And I think it's kind of obvious after a while is that we're, you know, you and I are a products are humans living in the late 20th and earliest 21st century, you know, yeah. to actually say that our minds have the c- capacity to think and see the world like first century um, Christians is it's almost near impossible. I mean, we could try to understand how they thought, but for us to physically think of that is really tough. It's just like asking them back then to see the world through our eyes. Yeah, you know, it's really tough and very difficult. You know, so I having that, you know, that's how I I think there's only so far that I think a lot of people are trying trying to do that, but at the end of the day, I don't think no one can. You know, no. I mean, we just we're not built that way. I mean, we have cars, we have cell phones, we have Internet. I mean, the, all the knowledge that we know now. I mean, it just it's it's hard to be able to go back and think and see the world because that's where I think would help me understand more about early Christianity is to really understand that they were writing stuff in the context of their world. Mm-hmm. It's just like you and I writing something right now when there's Internet and, you know, football and whatever you want to say all everything under this under the sun now that is available us writing a letter today Mm -hmm. and that's you know trying to understand what they saw and how they saw the world and the people saw the world around them and what that meant i think what enriches the text of the bible is that instead you know and this is my personal thought instead of taking this like if you're going to use theology base it on something historical i think it actually can enrich people's faith 
instead of just completely killing it. Yeah. yeah, some of it, depending on how your faith is, I think if you were a strong fundamentalist, I think if you took a historical, a critical historical approach, I think you're and you held everything, said this has to be like the literal everything. All the, I don't, that, I don't think that faith could withstand a historic, a critical historical thing. Mm. But if you're open to say, hey, you know what, you start with. I, I do feel like there is some kind of prime mover. Maybe you just believe – like you're a deist. You believe in God, and you can resonate to the story of Jesus um, and find – feel like God has somehow the experience. Whatever these people in first century experienced, the Jesus experience, you know, does it have any truth in my life now? Can there's Is there some kind of way if, – if I do believe in God, is there some way I can – do I feel connected through these stories, mm-hmm. you know, and not always that, you know, there's a difference between truth and, and facts, you know, something that resonates you is truth, you know, like, you know, you might not have a tangible reason why you feel something way, you know, you can have some psychological reason, people can sociology and all that stuff culturally and everything like that. But I'm saying something that you feel is truthful, like, you know, why do, you know, I want to love my neighbor, you know, I want to, I want to feed the poor, help help the homeless, you know, whatever the sociological things. I think is it could be really healthy healthy doing that and start getting away from some of the the putting our 21st century on the text itself. And I see that a lot in my in my really strict evangelical friends that will do, especially with the case of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they'll take certain texts from Paul and or from the Old Testament and. Out of all of those, they focus on that and say, you know, this is what it means. And I think if you do a historic, critical historical thing, approach to the Bible, I think you might be surprised at what you find. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Cool. Well, man, it sounds like you haven't missed a beat. Jeez. I feel I feel, uh, I feel like I've gotten dumber and you've gotten smarter the past, few, uh, past six months. No, here. man. The, the carrot is still out there, man, you know? <laughs> so, um... I, was, I wanted to bring up kind of uh, you know, so we've talked to a few atheists in the past and kind of the whole athe- yeah. atheist movement. Um, do you do you feel like I mean I, I know I feel like the atheist movement's kind of getting split a little bit. So you got the you got some of them that are wanting to start you know like atheist churches and you know they're they're turning into like fundamental atheists. You know what I mean? Right. And right. about kind of trying to bring people into atheism and things like that. Uh, have you had any contact? with anyone any kind of uh, splintering off uh, people splintering off from atheism at all in, in where you're at or been reading about anything like that you know I, I come up across those those kind of articles and stuff and I read them and stuff but I, I don't I don't know if they'll be lasting I think you know I, I see what they're trying to do and I you know I understand that you know you want to have some kind of um, kind of community that's basically what it is yeah. is that if you if you're sharing a certain kind of ideology or a certain worldview um you want to have a place where you can come together you know and i think a lot of people that do leave the church that are really heavily in a church you know that's what they they always say you know what do you miss most about it it's just you know the the community mm-hmm. you know it's not even so much like they were going to church every sunday it's not so much that they were getting something out of the service. It's just that they were around like-minded individuals, be able to hang out, do certain things. And now, once if they shed those kind of certain beliefs or whatever, that that fills a void. Yeah. You know, how can I fill that, that void? You know, have some kind of community. But um, I don't know, man. You know, yeah, I feel it can't get fundamentalist <laughs> on all 
on all both sides, you know. Um, you know, me tending to just be a little less arrogant on certain things like i don't like to have this absoluteness you know or come off that way and i don't even think most atheists have that absolute truth you know i think it's really uh, a problem with definitions and that's why you and i don't like like titles because you get categorized in certain people's views on certain words you know like you call yourself a christian what does that even mean you know Okay, what kind of Christian are yeah. you? Are you and you call yourself an atheist? Okay, what kind of atheist are you? And then you're going to get in this whole situation of trying to defend your worldviews instead of just say, "Hey, let's let's just talk about the 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 issues. Let's talk about ideology. Let's talk about that instead of worrying about what the title is." Yeah. And we can take every situation and and figure out it. And I'm kind of one of those people, you know, um I'm more gracious to the point if people um are taking care of others you know loving one another trying to help the needy help the poor feed the hungry and just not being an asshole they're all right with me you know yeah. honestly because that in the day that's you either an asshole or you're not an asshole right <laughs> and, and that's kind of why i view my worldview it's like everything else in between we might disagree on certain things but if we can agree on that i think we we we're got something there man <laughs> yeah yeah i wish uh it, it's it's interesting how um how people feel the need to to bond over say religious matters or philosophical matters like those are the in a lot of in a lot of people's minds that's the glue that will hold them together you know what i mean in their and that and as far as having a community but um you know i, I wish you, you always wish that you don't you don't need that that you can just enjoy those around you because I, I live in neighborhood i live in like you know a suburb neighborhood there's all these mm-hmm. people on my street, and I'm sure we all have different ideologies and and go to different events, some different churches or whatever. But I find right. that a lot of us, you know, especially of us with kids, like that's kind of that's our glue that holds us together. I don't agree with half the guys, you know. You know, we we never actually really talk religion or or anything like that. But right. you know, but um, like that's. You know, I have a good time hanging out with everyone because none of that ever comes up. We're just enjoying being with each other. So I always right. find it kind of fascinating when people think if they leave a church or leave a certain, you know, uh, religion that they feel like they don't have any community at all. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's almost like a mindset. You need to kind of change your thinking and just say, well, I'm a human being. You know, I need to to kind of just get out there and, and mingle with people and be with people and hear their story. <laughs> You know, yeah, it could be one of those situations. Like if you split up with a spouse or something like that, you got divorced, and you're like, oh well, I want to get back in the scene. Where do I go? You know, do <laughs> yeah. I go to a bar? Right. You know, do I go to a singles meetup? You know, kind of thing. I think that's that's the whole thing. That's a built-in system. The church is a built-in system. You know, it has it has its functions. Yeah. You know, um, not only there to worship your God, but to also help on the social side of things too. So, two weeks of their own. Yep, yeah, man. You know, I and there was something profound. I was watching a, a debate between Mike Lacona and um, Dale Martin on the divinity of Christ, and um, Dale Martin said something that was really profound to me from his point of view. Why he is a Christian, even though he believes all these certain things that uh, historically about Christianity mm-hmm. that seem like most evangelical Christians or fundamentalists would be like, oh my gosh you don't believe in God, you're not a Christian, you know. Yeah. And what he says, you know, is first, he goes, I'm a postmodernist, 
So, you know, I can be able to to do history and also keep it separate mm-hmm. from what I believe. Um, and he also said that, you know, he believes that his faith is a miracle. His faith wasn't anything he did to earn it. It's just that he wakes up and God has given him the gift of faith. And that's why he says we, can, we can't be proud of anything, our faith. Our faith isn't anything to be proud of. We didn't earn anything to it because it's a gift from God. You know, so if you do really believe, then it's a gift. And if people don't believe and don't have the faith, we can't be mad at them because, again, he believes that God gives us yeah. faith. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the uh, the journey is a fascinating thing because I have kind of my ups and downs even now. And and uh, the other day, the other day, I mean, I was out, I was out running, and just uh, you know, I think the day before, I had seen that the video of uh, of that guy that went up. You know, there was the whole the whole Red Bull kind of thing where the guy jumped from like the outer, oh you know, yeah, atmosphere or whatever, yeah, and parachuted. Um, like, gosh, what? How many miles was that? Like ninety one miles. I don't know. Man. It, it just made it made me queasy just ridiculous. seeing the video. <laughs> and it's and he said something that I can't remember the quote. I've been trying to find the quote. I'm meaning to write it down, but of course, the way things go with with my life, I never get get to that. But he said something. He yeah. said something like. You know, sometimes you have to kind of get above everything to kind of realize, be above everything uh, to realize how small we really are. It was kind of a profound quote. Like in the scheme of things, we're just these tiny insignificant people, you know. And so I I, I was out running, I think, the next day, and the clouds were just like – the clouds looked amazing, you know, when I was was running. And I get this like – stir of emotion like as i'm running and of course i got like some you know post rock <laughs> you know like explosions in the sky yeah. in my headphones so of course everything just seems majestic you know yeah but uh but yeah it's true it's like we you know in in this in this world like we're tiny and to think that we have all the answers and it, well that we can say oh no we're all alone and we're nothing you know but i like I, I talked to my wife about this. I'm like, I can't, I can't go all the way and just say there's no God or there's nothing because we, there's just, it's our existence that is so tiny. And then the world that we're placed in and the universe we're placed in is so huge and complex and full of mystery that I just like, well, I, I can't just go all that way and just say, you know, I, I don't believe and we're nothing and we're just going to live and die and nobody's going to care in the long run. You know, I, so I I you know I think I've gotten over a lot of things this past year and I'm I'm just like well I I know that we're I can say that I don't believe that we're all alone and I can mm-hmm. pretty much say that just because and 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 having kids like ha- going through having three kids and just the miracle of what life is and seeing a a little person grow and develop it's it's incredible so I can never side with thinking that we're we're all alone. And I don't think it's ever going to change, but the whole, but my, the difference with me is, you know, I, even on the other perspective, I'm not, I still think there's a lot unknown as far as our, our existence and who created us. And, and that's what we're all trying to find. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So, you know, my, my goal this year for the podcast is to try to get as many different people on and just hearing their stories and Mm -hmm. just kind of. Uh, I want to, I'm gearing more towards, I think, artists and creative types, because I feel like those are kind of our philosophers 
you know, kind of the late, the, I like that. The philosophers of this generation are more are artists, you know, and there's the high, there's different levels, you know. So, that's so Pete Rollins of you, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I got it from. No, I'm just you know, but I, I, so I'm going to try to do more of those interviews and we'll see how it goes for the rest of the year. But what are your thoughts as far as, you know, where you are and, and, you know, do you think you're, you're alone? Do you think there's a creator and like that? Like where's, it's all still up in the air for me, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with saying that. Yeah. There's something bigger than us for sure. Yeah. I don't, I think all we have is our, our language, you know, even the word God is, is a, is a word that represents something and we're trying to figure it out. It's just like a, a placeholder for me right now, yeah. you know, like, it's we got we got language and there's only I think language can only go so far. Yeah. You know, words can only go so far to do, actually describe something. And especially if it's so beyond our knowledge, then how can we even start to really conceive a god, you know, with language? Mm-hmm. You know, actually capulate it all. So I don't I don't know with me I like to stay humble about certain things. When you do look at the cosmos, you know, as they say, you look out there and you say you feel significant when you, when the guy's about to jump off mm-hmm. and looking for the there is to have that humility, you know, and say, hey, you know what, I might not have a know it all, but you know, I'm open to, to learning and to experiencing. But also, I, I think it could be dangerous to have more of an absolute uh, worldview mm-hmm. because that can get really fundamental. Um, and could do more damage, you know. Right. You know, when people have certain kind of authority things, you know, like, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and this is why I believe it and stuff. It can get really dangerous because what you're saying is my interpretation of this Bible, <laughs> of put into English, <laughs> you know, yeah. and to probably through certain filters through whatever their church they grew up with is the right belief, you know. And and if it's if it's certain on certain things about like you know, um, let's face it, man. You know the church has gone through a lot of changes um, through through the generations, man. You know, I mean, through slavery to how we treat women, um, you know, and now we're on the homosexual situation. You see that switching gears a little bit. You know, some that we're really against that are coming out and saying, okay, yeah, I think it's okay if you know. If homosexuals have a meaning, meaningful relationship and be married, you know, yeah. and that's a huge thing, man. It's a social change in the church, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Christian church looks like in the next ten to fifty years. You know, um, you know how it's is. You know, I I see a rise of fundamentalism coming up again. Honestly, I just yeah. like you see in other certain social issues through slavery and um, women's issues too. So Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year, and I'm going to try to keep the balance of light and heavy <laughs> you know, podcasts uh, as we go to me. Yeah. And I'm sure that you and I will be talking more this year. Um, like I said, I'm not going with um, as gung-ho with the podcast as trying to get one out every single week. And just, you know, my goal is two times a month. And uh, if it's you know maybe one interview – you know, I will see how it goes, but I, you know, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more of Joey, everybody. So. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, and I again, I don't think I really answered your question. I was kind of giving you some pre <laughs> preface of that stuff, but do I, I, I think you know, 
if I had to say believe, I, I wouldn't be surprised that there's something bigger than us, whatever that is. I'm using language right now to describe it. Yeah. And about Christian faith and stuff, I think there is still p- certain tenets of the Christian tradition that I resonate right. with. Yeah, me too. And that's what keep that what keeps me not to completely, like, say they say, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, think, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. I think uh, – I have nothing else to talk about. So, <laughs> well, actually, what about your new podcast, man? Oh, I saw you can start oh, up a yeah, new one. Yeah, if you're interested in horror movies, uh, me and a, a, a Twitter friend—I I have actually never met this uh, person in in person—but <laughs> uh, we kind of got the idea to do a podcast based solely around. There's a, a kind of a micro label, or not? I'm not sure if I'm using the term correct. There's a there's a there's a company called called Shout Factory, and they have a subsidiary that only focuses on like um, kind of underseen or or cult type sci-fi and horror movies, and they call that Scream Factory. So my goal is to just we're gonna hit every single Scream Factory release and talk about them. And so if you're in- interested in that, it's the website is thescreamcast.com, and then the Twitter is. Uh, scream underscore cast. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited about it. a little change of pace, and it's, it's gonna be another you know twice a month type thing. Nothing, nothing crazy, and uh, you know, I don't know, but uh, nothing profound with that one at all. Just we're gonna talk about horror movies. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! It'll be, fun. It'll, cool. it'll be fun. Cool, man. So, yeah, so. That's about it. Um, if you want to contact us, uh, hit up the Twitter. It's uh, the AXPX. You can also go to theaxpx.com and send us an email from there. Uh, if you're listening to this show and you feel like you have a story or, or something you would want to talk about, and you know, kind of a, a, a journey of your own that you feel like you know would be fun to talk to, just hit us up. You know, let us know. We're. Um, I don't think I'm going to be trying to hit any big interviews this year i've kind of wanted to make the show more about kind of everyday people kind of going through and and on all we're all on our own kind of journeys and and uh so uh if you have something you want to talk about hit us up on the email and we can you know get you on the show if, if we feel like it'll be you know it'll it'll fill an hour <laughs> so um that's gonna be it for this week's show i don't know what's gonna happen uh the next couple weeks as far as who i'm gonna be talking to next i have a few ideas so just I guess you know. Look, look on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter on uh, the AXPX, and I'll throw out hints as they as they come out. And Joey, you're on Twitter as well. Yep, just my name, Joey Alvalos. Joey Alvalos. And uh, until next time, everybody, have a great uh, next couple of weeks. Bye bye. <laughs>